0: Hi, welcome to Living Water Bible Fellowship's audio sermons. It's our prayer and hope that you'll be encouraged and uplifted by the preaching of God's Word. Stick around after the message to hear more about how to contact us.
1: Well, I don't know if I've said it enough uh, yet, but Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, uh, we are celebrating the arrival of the Lord Jesus Christ, the incarnate Christ, the God who became man without ceasing to be God. We uh, enter this time of, this time of year uh, celebrating, rejoicing, uh, praising God, but, but really you step back from that and you, and you say, why? Why? Uh, I think, Pete, you did a good job of explaining the outcome of Jesus' coming, the cross and his death on the cross and our reconciliation to God, our our regeneration, our our reconciliation. Uh, It's it's a huge thing. Uh, But why should we be Christians? Why should we uh, not be Hindu? Why should we not be Jewish uh, worshipers? Why should we not become Buddhists? Why should we not become Muslim? In our world today, the pluralism of our, of our age and our, our time, uh, just like everything else, is kind of blended together. The different religions, the different belief systems, the different values. Uh, everybody says just whatever you think is best for you, you just do it. Right? That's the, the mode, the kind of the age we're in. Everything's good as long as it feels good. everything's good as long as it works for you. Why should we follow the Lord Jesus Christ and, and see Him as exclusively our God and, and not worship in any other way or go down any other path to find God? Well, the, uh, the, the book of Hebrews, the letter to the Hebrews, really addresses that over 13 chapters. It, it gets really into, the, into that, that mode. It, it, it comes through a human drama. See, there was a small group of people. We're not sure where they lived, uh, somewhere around the Mediterranean Basin, but they were in a a culture, in a society where at least part of the population, there's a significant Jewish population. And these, these, these people that were born into Judaism, at one point they heard the preaching of Jesus Christ, the proclamation that Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ. At one point they heard... The, the proclamation, the, the teaching, the, the preaching that he is the Messiah, uh, that he is the fulfillment of God's plan and purposes. And this, this small body, uh, it's probably a house church of 20, 25 people, maybe even 15. It, it, all the indications as you read the letters, it's, it's rather, it, it's just a small group um, at one point, they, they turned to Jesus. They, they, this group of people, they, they turned to Jesus. They turned away from their Judaism. They ch- turned away from their roots, uh, or they built upon their roots, depending how you look at it. They, 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 they turned to Jesus as the Messiah. They turned to Jesus as their Lord. And from the get-go, they, they were persecuted for it. They, they suffered greatly. They, they suffered loss of their possessions. Some of them were imprisoned. Some of them were attacked. They, they just went through trial after trial and suffering after suffering. And and uh, the, the letter, you know, you see hints of it here and there about uh, the journey that they've been on. Well, years have gone by um, before this letter is written. And these, these Jewish Christians, these, um, these Christians that had made Jesus their Lord and Savior, uh, they were getting tired. They, they were getting tired of suffering at the hands of their fellow Jews. Uh, they were getting tired of being being attacked by the wider culture of, of the, the pagan culture in which they lived. And they, they, they started wondering is it is it worth it to follow Christ? Are we on the right path? Are, are, are we living in the right way? Or, or maybe, maybe it would be okay to go back to Judaism. You know, the, the the Jewish rites, there are so many beautiful feasts and festivals, so many beautiful uh, expressions of, of faith and worship in God and, and, and here they are this real small minority in, in this, big, this, big, this big area where, where they, they just stick out like a sore thumb there might be other house churches in the town they're in but man this one that the, the author of Hebrews is writing to they're, they're, they're just thinking maybe, maybe Jesus isn't the only way maybe we go back to Judaism we go back to our roots and maybe we're going to be fine we don't have to deal with all this garbage and all this ridicule and all this scorn and all this attack. And so uh, the author writes to them and he, he gives them many, many reasons why they should not go back. Why they should maintain their confession in Jesus Christ. They should maintain their hope in Jesus Christ and the promises of Christ. Uh, in, in our pluralistic age, in our are um, kind of everything blending together. Maybe you are losing your edge. Maybe you're losing your, your, distinctive, your, your sense of distinctiveness. Like, maybe Jesus isn't the only way. Maybe I can add some new age. Maybe I can add some, some horoscope. Maybe I can add some Buddhism to my Christianity. Maybe that's okay. You know, it, that seems to be the, world, the way the world's going. It's all good. It's all fine. It's all one thing. And it's not. We have a great God and Savior, and His name is Jesus Christ, and we are called to follow Him exclusively and serve Him as our Lord. Now, we open your Bibles, please, to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, the, 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 the question, and, and He answers it uniquely in the Scriptures and, uh, and passionately, why should we? Stay true to Jesus. Why should we follow Jesus alone? Why should we be Christians rather than anything else? Chapter 1, verse 1. May God bless the reading of His Word. Long ago, at many times, and in many ways, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited, is more excellent than theirs. And stop there, please. The author of Hebrews, we don't really know who he is, uh, he says that God has spoken in the past. And in these final days, he's given a final revelation. At many times, and in many ways, God spoke to our forefathers. And and he's probably Jewish uh, in in origin, and his readers are most likely, most of the house church is Jewish in origin. And when he says, uh, God spoke to our fathers, he's speaking of the patriarchs. He's speaking of uh, the Jewish people. God, in, in former times, throughout redemption, the history of redemption, God spoke to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all their descendants. The former slaves in Egypt, the, the descendants of, of, of those men, God spoke to them. God in, in various ways, in various ways visions, uh, dreams, events, direct speech. God even spoke once through a donkey. In all kinds of ways, God spoke, and what was His speech? The speech was revelation, God God, God shared with the people. He didn't have to speak. We, we, we live in a world where God isn't forced to speak, but God spoke, God revealed Himself, and He revealed Himself primarily to the Jewish people. He chose them, He selected them, He called them out, and He gave them knowledge of Him and His will, we see in the Old Testament uh, the law. God revealed the law to the instruction to the Jewish people. The Jewish people got the core of their religion from God and His revelation. We read in the Old Testament all the different ways, uh, uh, and, and we read in the, because we can read the Old Testament. Uh, it's because God spoke. God revealed. God God spoke what He wanted to say, and then it became written. But, okay, that's great, it's it's high, it's it's wonderful, what a gift. The Jewish people are blessed to have the revelation of God. God spoke to them, and through them He wanted to speak to the world about His redemption and His salvation. It says in verse 2, but in these last days. Last days, uh, the Jewish people had a connotation of history as these days and the last days, this era and that era. And it was marked off in their minds by the arrival of the Messiah. The arrival of the promised anointed ruler that would come and save them. So when he says in these last days, he's tipping his hand and he's saying, the Messiah has come. The Lord of history has come. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Is spoken to us by his son. And you notice in, in verse four, he mentions angels. Okay? Uh, so he has this grouping. He's got this before and after kind of thing. Uh, before the Son, God spoke through various messengers, prophets, uh, angelic messengers. Angel means messenger. Okay? So uh, the revelation came through. Trustworthy people, sometimes not so trustworthy people. The revelation, God used broken people like you and I to proclaim His word, to speak His word. He, he brought people forth, but He also sent angels to bring truth, to bring understanding, to bring reality, to light, to share His will with the world. But in these last days, there's a final revelation, a completion of revelation, a uh, 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 like here is, is where everybody spoke down here. And, and now there's this higher revelation because He's spoken to us not by a man or a woman only or, or even only a, an angel. He's spoken to us by His Son or in His Son or through His Son. And that, my friends, is a word. A powerful word the author has so much to say throughout the book. Uh, he, he has 13 chapters of argument and reason and rationale why we should follow Jesus before all other gods and all their religions. But he starts here in the prologue by saying the validity of the message depends on the validity, validity, validity of the messenger. The importance of the message depends on the Authority of the messenger. He could have spoken various ways in these last days, but he spoke by his own son. And who is that? And so we have to look at what he says here. See, he's making an argument from lesser to greater. Man, you listened in former times to what angels had to say. Our forefathers listened in former times to what the prophets had to say. They listen to the, the words of men from God, but through them. And in these last days, He's spoken to us through His Son. This is important. This is higher than any other revelation has ever, ever been. The Son is not just the messenger. He's the embodiment of the message as the 1960s book talked about, the medium is the message. Jesus Christ is the Word. And when He speaks, when He comes, when He talks, the Word is. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things. Why should we Follow Jesus Christ alone. Why should we be Christians rather than Buddhists or Muslims or Hindus? Well, the validity of the messenger, the height of the messenger, the the word of God that came through who? The Son. You know why oftentimes people fall away from Jesus Christ. It's oftentimes an inadequate Christology. It's an inadequate understanding of who Jesus is. It's an inadequate understanding of what he's done. People think he's just this prophet-like man, or this good teacher, or this, this, uh, this person that just uh, has wisdom, or something like that, or maybe he did miracles, and so maybe you should follow him just for that, but we should follow Jesus Christ because of who he is. Do you know who he is? The last few weeks, we've looked at John 1 and Colossians chapter 1, and, and here we hear some of the same revelation about who Jesus is. These last days he has spoken to us by a son whom he appointed the heir of all things. He was appointed heir of all things in creation past, even before eternity, eternity past. He was already the heir of all things. Uh, the, the heir of all things, what does that mean? Like You mean Jesus is, is going to receive all the people of the world as his inheritance? Yes. You mean that, that Jesus is going to receive the earth as, it is, as his inheritance one day? Yes. Do, do do you mean that Jesus is going to be the, the owner of the universe one day? Yes. He's the heir of all things. Now, uh, some of the other religions, you know, they they have they, they have some people that maybe maybe they're ethical or moral, may, maybe not as, as their leaders, as their spokesmen, as 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 their deli- as, as their deliverer of the news. But who has given us the message of the gospel? Who has given us the good news of salvation? Who has laid out for us the plan of God? The Heir of all things. The one who made all things is the Heir of all things. He's the Son. Now, the, the Son. What a title. And, and boy, in the different books, it, it brings out there's different facets of the Son. But what we've talked about the last few weeks is the Son is the identical substance, the essence of the Father. There's a unity between the Son and the Father. And I don't know, God could have said a lot of different titles, given a lot of different titles, the Father-Son uh, terminology. Maybe I think, maybe He went there, it, it's, it's ontologically true, it, it's true in its being, it's true in its nature. But maybe there's something more to that, maybe there's something deeper to that 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 we can't even express, but the best way to talk about it is Father and Son, there's a unity. Jesus said, I am in the Father, the Father's in me, we're one. And so the, the Son who has spoken, God has spoken through the Son, He represents God exactly. And He's the heir of all things. Why would you not follow Him? Why would you not listen to Him? Why would you not give your life to Him? He owns you. Whether you admit it or not, whether you repent or not, whether you bow the knee to the name of Jesus Christ or not, He's your maker and your owner. He's your Lord. The revelation that comes through the book of Hebrews by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is, is, and this the author, I don't know who he is, but he understands that he's the heir of all things and through him also he created the world. Uh, the, the heir of all things made all things. Again, he's the owner, he's the boss, he's the CEO, he's, he's the center of all things. And he's spoken to us about the way to live. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. From a mere human, that would be arrogant. From a, from a mere man, that would be, wow, blasphemy. But from the Lord Jesus Christ, the incarnate Jesus, the God who became flesh without ceasing to be God, the essence of God, the nature of God, the stamp of God, the imprint of God, He's here, and He's spoken. He's more than a messenger. He's the creator of all things. He's the owner of all things. Are you going to go somewhere else? Man-made religion? Man-made philosophy? Human ingenuity? Human thinking? Or are you going to follow the Word? The Son? The heir of all things, who created all things. Verse 3, He is the radiance. And what is His nature like? How would we describe his character, his nature, his identity? He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Three things there. He is the personification of the glory of God. I read that in a book a while back. I liked it. The glory of God. Remember what happened in the Old Testament when uh, God brought the Israelites out of Egypt and they, they, they came to that mountain and Moses and the whole Israel nation, they saw the glory of God come down on the mountain. The fire and the thunder and the smoke, right? The glory of God represents God's presence, represents God's power, represents God's authority. And so here it's saying that Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God, the personification of the glory of God. He is the glory of God. The radiance is like a bright shining light A light that's the glory of God, man, you couldn't look at it. You couldn't approach it without the grace of God or you'd die. And yet, He's the radiance shining in the darkness. The rays of the sun burning out into the universe. He is the radiance. When the temple was built, the tabernacle was built first, remember when the glory fell in the temple? Uh, uh, and, and everybody had to bow down. No one could look at it. The, the presence of God. God says, I'm here with you. I'm going to be with you. And, and Jesus is the personification. He's the presence of God here on the earth as He came. Can't get any higher. The nature of Jesus. Uh, the prophets, men and women, uh, through, the, through the generations, right? Uh, they, they spoke of the glory of God But Jesus displayed the glory of God. Jesus embodied the glory of God. He is the glory of God. And God has spoken through Him to us, starting with His birth, through His life, through His death, through His burial, right? Through His resurrection, through His ascension to heaven. There's been preaching going on. And the preached Word is Jesus Christ. You don't want to go anywhere else. You don't want to follow any other preacher or prophet or religion. Follow the Son. The validity of the message, the truth of the message, the truth of religion is found in the truth of the Messenger. And He is the Son. The radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of His nature, the stamp. What is God like? The visible presence of God was in our midst. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen Him. The glory of God, the one and only, the only begotten, we've seen Him. We've touched Him. We've felt Him. We've heard Him, says, say the apostles, like Peter. Uh, he's, he's the exact imprint. If you want to know what God is like, as we said in previous weeks, God is Christ-like. Jesus is was the moral revelation of who God is. Through his teachings, through his way, the way he treated people, through the way he loved people, through the way he served people, through the way he gave his life away. He was the character of God, the fruit of the Spirit. Well, that's Jesus Christ. You know, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. That's Jesus Christ. He revealed who God is, fully and completely. The exact imprint, the nature of God has been in our midst, and He's the revealer, He's the preacher, He's the Word. Prophets, even angels, spoke about the nature of God and what He was like. Jesus embodied it. He displayed it for all to see. You should follow Him. Give your life to Him. The exact imprint of nature, but what else? He upholds the universe by the word of His power. The sustaining power of Jesus Christ. How come the universe holds together? Why do the natural laws continue on? Jesus Christ coheres. He makes everything cohere. He brings everything together. He's the thing that holds the electrons together. He's the thing that all the protons and neutrons and everything, all the stuff that the scientists tell us is in the smallest of particles and molecules. Jesus controls that. The sun made it. He makes it function. He makes it go on. Uh, Other religions say they can hold your life together other religions say you can find what you're looking for in their philosophies in in their religion in their ways and Jesus is the sustainer of life he's the one that makes everything hold together he's the he's he's the one that holds your your bodies together now all these systems in our physiology all these systems for, you know you can list them off incredibly Jesus made that he makes us live in spite of the fallen world we live in in spite of sin in our lives and in the world he allows us to live for a certain season and one day he's going to perfect everything by the word of his power the creation that he intended before sin came it's going to be brought to bear one day when he comes back and he raises the dead and he brings his kingdom uh, the prophets spoke about the power of God. You, you read some of the Old Testament passages, uh, and they're so beautiful, how, how he holds the world in his hand. Right? The, some of the, some of the, the views, uh, some of the Psalms in, in Isaiah, you know the, the grandeur of God, the glory of God. He, he, he controls all things. He speaks, and the mountains shatter. Uh, the prophet spoke of such a God, and Jesus is that God. He holds the universe by His word. His word is powerful. The prophets spoke of the power of God. Jesus had the power of God, has the power of God, will always reign powerfully in splendor over the universe. His nature is such uh, uh, the prophets couldn't hold a candle. The angelic messengers couldn't hold a candle to what Jesus said, to what Jesus did, to who Jesus is and we should follow him. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to the angels as the name he inherited, or some of your translations say obtained, is more excellent than theirs. Well, there's a lot there. Uh, it starts with, uh, he's been talking about the nature of Jesus and the identity of Jesus. The, as we said earlier, the, 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 the word ontology, the, the being of Jesus. And now he talks about the work of Jesus. You go through the book of Hebrews and, and boy, the, the, the preacher gets preaching then. Because Jesus is a better priest than the Levitical priesthood. The Levitical priests, they were always frustrated they are always like, uh, when, when is my work going to be done? And the answer was never, because they, the Levitical priest offered an insufficient sacrifice. Okay, they, they could offer an animal sacrifice. The blood of bulls and goats could not permanently take away sin. And so Jesus provided purification for sin. His work is superior as his identity is superior. Okay, The problem that the world faces, the way Christianity identifies it, the word, way, way Judaism identifies it, is we need deliverance. We need rescue. We need salvation from our sins, from our wickedness, from our evil. We've offended God. We separate ourselves from God. We need help, and we can't save ourselves. And so the, the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood that was set up, man, it was a temporary measure pointing, foreshadowing what was to come, and His name is Jesus Christ. He is a better priest, the the author of Hebrew gets preaching. He he offered a better sacrifice, a permanent sacrifice, a one-time sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins, for the remission of sins. By His work, it's finished. For all who put their trust in Him, for all who put their weight upon Him, for all who turn over their sins to Him and repent of their sins and trust in His salvation, it is a done deal. He's a better Savior. He's a better sacrifice. He brought a better covenant, a better way to God, a better relationship with God. He just goes on and on and on. Uh, Buddha didn't die for you. Muhammad, the prophet in Islam, did not die for you. He wasn't a sacrifice for you. He wasn't a Savior for you. You can run down the different religions and you can run down the different uh, ways that they've been placed before us. How they've come and they've changed through the centuries and ebbed and flowed depending on the teachers that come about. None of them measure up. Jesus, uh, that that loaded phrase, He provided purification of sins. Uh, He's done the work that was necessary. He's the Savior we need. He's the High Priest. We need it. Where else would you go? When Jesus died, that sacrificial substitutionary atonement on our behalf. On the third day, He rose from the dead. And it says that after making purification from sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, and a Jewish person would be aghast at this. They'd be in awe of this. They'd, they'd be amazed at this. The monotheism of the Judaism, Ju- the Judaism of the day, they could not imagine a man ever being in the presence of the majesty on high. And, and of course, the theology is deeper than we imagine. The, uh, the two natures becoming one person, the fully God and fully man becoming one person. Jesus was God, so He could... Go and sit at the right hand of the majesty. And and, and there's there's so much to that. The right hand is the place of power, the place of authority, the place of might, the place of command, the place of ownership, the place of everything is mine. I I control all things. And, And remember when Jesus sent his disciples out, he said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. He has that by right now. He's at the right hand of the Father. He's at the place of position, position, the rank of authority. He's the firstborn, as we talked about last week. But you see what happened when he sat. When the priest, the high priest that's better than any Levitical priest, better than any priesthood, when, when he performed his work, he went and sat because he didn't have to work anymore in terms of providing sacrifice he didn't have to work anymore to provide any 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 means for you to be forgiven it was finished he's sitting there but he's in control the, the imagery that the author wants us to see is is all his work is done it's completed it's beautiful the other religions what do they preach what do they teach work 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 you're never done you're never finished you got to get better. You got to improve. You got to you got to find that next level. You you got to arrive. You got to got to come to uh, freedom from these these things that are holding you down. You you got to deliver yourself. Jesus, the Son, the Air, the Creator, the Glory of God, the Nature of God, the Sustainer of all things. He has provided the work so that you don't have to work anymore. He has earned for us salvation. He has earned for us heaven. He has earned for us the kingdom of God. He has earned for us all of the blessings, all of the graces, all of the wonders. He has done it all. By Him, Yahweh has spoken. He is God's speech to us today. Are you listening? Have you responded to the word of the king? Have you responded to the teaching of Almighty God? To the profession, the, 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 the heart of God's revelation? Verse 4, having become as much superior to the angels, now, we we look at that and we say what he changed no it's from the human point of view after he was resurrected and he spent 40 days with the apostles and the other disciples he was exalted on high and so in the eyes of men they suddenly saw him as he was remember philippians chapter 2 verses 9 through 11 he was given a name above every name okay the people didn't see him that way before he was exalted and so here it says he, he, he was made much superior to the angels. The name as he is inherited or he's obtained. He, the, the name represents the nature. The name represents the character. And so now everyone's seeing him as he is. They're seeing Jesus as the Messiah. They're seeing Jesus as, as the Son. They're seeing Jesus as the maker of all things. And so his name is greater. He's, he's more worthy. He's more powerful. He's, he's greater than every messenger that's ever been. He's great, greater than any religious teacher has ever been or ever will be, is, is what's being preached here. And you go back to this small house church. Man, they're, they're tired of getting abused by the culture. They're tired of getting abused and, 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 and put down. And they're, they're saying, maybe maybe we should go back to Judaism. And the the author is, oh, oh. do you know who has spoken to you? Do you you get it, who he is? God's grace was wonderful to the Jewish people. The, The instruction, the Torah to the Jewish people was glorious. It was, it, was, it, was, it was stupendous compared to the religions of the day. But compared to the revelation of the Son, the Son's revelation is the fulfillment and the complete, complete, completeness of the law. The Son has fulfilled the law. The Son has brought the law to its end, so to speak. You follow the Son, you're keeping the law. You live in the love of the Son by the love of the Son, acting out the love of the Son with humanity and with God and on the horizontal and the vertical. You're keeping all of God's will. The New Covenant wrote the law in your heart. Don't go back. There's beautiful ceremonies and beautiful feasts and beautiful things happening there. But don't go back. Don't be deceived. This is the fulfillment of Judaism. Keep your Christian confession. Don't lose your hope. Don't draw away. Look at chapter 2, verse 1. One of the many passages in this, it, it, where he gets preaching and he gets preaching warnings. He calls them to Christ alone. Therefore, in, in, he's, in verses 5 through 14, we, we won't spend time reading that today. He's been talking about the angels, how much superior Jesus is to the angels. And apparently, uh, we don't know for sure, but there might have been some angelology going on in this town, or maybe they saw angels as is, is so much higher than humans, so much better than humans, and yet uh, the sun is higher and greater. Look at verse two, verse, verse one, chapter two, verse one. "Therefore we must." He's talking to this, this little church, that they're drifting in their faith, that are just man, they're starting to lose their hope a little bit. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles, by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to His will. Uh, see, the, the, what may, if you're taking notes, you can write down Galatians 3.19, you can write down Acts 7, 7.53, and you can write down Deuteronomy 33.2. Back in Deuteronomy 33, the, the, Moses is saying, man, the revelation came with a myriad of angels. And so there's a tradition started by that, that when Moses received the law uh, on Mount Sinai, uh, on, 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 the, on the mountain, uh, the angels were the mediators. They, they brought him the law. Okay? And so there was a tradition in early Christianity that looked at it that way, and it's kind of been inscripturated that way. And so what, what, what the author's saying to us, and he's saying to this church is, Man, yeah, the angels, the revelation that they brought was great when they brought the Torah, when they brought the law to Moses and to Israel. Don't you think that, that the people should have obeyed it? That that word when it came, when that speech when it came to Moses, that, that he preached in Exodus 20 to the nation, when, when, he, when he gave the Ten Commandments, and then, then he gave the lesser commandments to, to the nation, they should have obeyed it. They should have listened because that was a great revelation, a great truth. Uh, uh, god's will was made known and now the one who is higher than the angels has come the the son who's made all things has come and he's revealed to us a great salvation he, he's revealed to us the plan of god and its completeness and his fullness he's revealed to us how to be saved from our sins he's given us the gospel He's given us the idea of the future and what it's like. He, he's talked about the kingdom of God. He's talked about resurrection from the dead. He's talked about eternal life. If you listened, you Jewish people, and I, I know you didn't, but if you listened to the law, should you not listen to the lawgiver? Should you not listen to the word? Should you you not listen to the One who made the angels? Should you not listen to the One who has lived eternally? The angels were created beings. Should you not listen to the Son? You should. Hear Him who speaks. Don't you give up on your hope, your eternal hope found in Jesus Christ? Don't you give up on the Gospel? Don't you give up on the Word? Don't you drift away, and again, if you were here for... Kathy's funeral the other day, we talked about the anchor and how it holds through life. Another nautical uh, imagery here is, is uh, you, you could have this, you people who are thinking about going back to another religion or going back to a lesser, lesser revelation, uh, going back to the old ways, uh, you're starting to drift a little bit from your exclusive grip on Jesus Christ. You're like you're like a a a boat in a harbor where the anchor is drifting, and sooner or later if you keep drifting you're gonna end up on the rocks. We must listen more closely to the word that was spoken. We must listen more closely to the final revelation that's come through Jesus Christ. Otherwise we're in for a catastrophe. It would be catastrophic for you to leave Jesus Christ. For in Him only there is hope. In Him only there is salvation from your sins, from this evil world, deliverance to the next life. He marches on with more warnings. More instructions, more teachings on the supremacy of Jesus Christ. Jesus is more supreme than the angels. He's supreme over Moses. Moses served the house, he served Israel. Jesus created the house. He's supreme over all those things. He's supreme over the old priesthood. He's he's got a better priesthood. He's a better priest. He offered a better sacrifice. He brought a new covenant in replace of the old covenant. He's alive forevermore. All those priests are dead and gone. So many reasons. Brothers and sisters, the messenger, because of how great he is, the prologue, the, the, the simple message there, because he is so great, It means that his message is true. His message is valid. His preaching will save you. Stay the course with Jesus. Keep your faith in Jesus Christ. Maintain your Christian confession till the very end, persevere to the end, and you will see the promises of God
0: come true. Thank you so much for listening. The gospel according to the Bible is that Jesus Christ, who was and is the eternal God, took on human flesh, was born of a virgin, died for our sins on the cross, and rose from the dead three days later. He then ascended to the Father's right hand where he sits making intercession for his people and right now he is establishing the kingdom of God on earth. You can enter into a saving relationship with God by repenting of your sins and placing your full trust in Jesus' life, his death and resurrection on your behalf. In Christ you will find forgiveness, acceptance, freedom, peace, hope, and a future. If you would like more information about Christianity or Living Water Bible Fellowship, visit our website at livingwateralamosa.org. God bless.